Hi everyone, welcome to the Honest Recruiter podcast. Um, this is episode four um, that's going to be released. Um, I'm with Danny Brewster. He is uh, ND of fastbitcoins.com. Um, so Danny, how you doing, mate? You all right? Oh, good, thanks. Uh, we've actually got three companies under that umbrella. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah we, yeah, we got Fast Bitcoins, uh, Freehold uh, as well, which is freehold.capital. Uh, and we're, we've just launched or we're launching 21.money as well. So so that's a small project, I hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could, you, yeah, small is an understatement. Um, yeah, solving, solving our own problems, uh, but I'm pretty sure we'll get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, what led you into where you are now, sort of um, the Bitcoin? I, I, I'm scared to, I know I'm going to stumble on my words, words and call it the crypto empire and you're going to shout at me, but the Bitcoin empire, what, what sort of led you into that? Um, how far do you want to go back? Um, so I'm, I'm happy to go right the way back because we used to work together. Um, yeah. I can go back to being 12, 13, getting my first job. Uh, in a car wash, um, working, getting kicked out of school uh, and suspended accidentally on purpose so I could go to work and earn some money. Um, <laughs> I, I was a bit of a terror at school. Um, okay. So, yeah, we we can go. <laughs> happy to go right back. Yeah, um, good yeah. so I, I, I watched your first solo episode um, and enjoyed your journey. Uh, yeah. So just to, to do a quick rip of my background. Um, so, yeah, I was, uh, started working at like 12, 13 in a car wash up until I was like 15, 16. Um, bit of a terror at school. Always found school really easy. Um, so I was extremely disruptive uh, because if I read something, understand it and know it, I can retain that information, um, yep. which is a bit of a blessing for me. Um, if I enjoy the content, I'll uh, remember it and what have you, but I was extremely disruptive to other others around me, which is a massive regret now, if I could go back and change that. Um, unfortunately, nobody's ever changed yesterday. Um, so can't just uh, profusely apologize to everybody who I was a bit of a dick with um, and disruptive with. Um, but yeah, so left school at 16, um, wanted, wanted to go on and uh, do computer science um, right. at college and then university, but the college wouldn't take me because of my school report. Um, right. And so I was hanging around with a, a group of people that probably weren't going to be the best fit for me. Um, so moved away to workshop just outside of Sheffield um, at 16 uh, to yep. work for my grandparents' uh, training, uh, workplace training company. Um, so we did first aid training, health and safety uh Kosh, manual handling and all of those like fire training and things they they organized courses um for those um but it was only a temporary stopgap whilst i searched for something else um and basically i was in in that in my grandparents office um just day-to-day -day operations um and sales okay. applied applied randomly for a job with abbey national um and became abbey national's youngest ever employee in doncaster um so got my banking stripes and um, joined joined a bank at the, the ripe old age of 16. 
uh, worked there for a couple of years. Um, and then my mother became ill. Um, so I moved back uh, to Lincolnshire to, to be closer to her and um, joined HSBC, um, the, who aren't the greatest money launderers of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they literally hold the record, I think, for the largest money laundering fine ever. Um, okay. So I always like pointing that fact out to their executives whenever I'm in the same room and they're trying to shit talk Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, the, there's a, an amazing uh, documentary series on Netflix called Dirty Money. And yeah. what, I think it's episode four details HSBC's failures in uh, Colombia and the cartels and uh, how everybody, even those in London, knew what was going on and they failed to act. So they got the yeah. biggest fine. They even made the cash windows just the right size for the suitcases of money to be able to pass through <laughs> the cartels. It was insane. Um, and even the top yeah. brass, the top brass knew about it as well. Jeez. Yeah. It, it, insane. Uh, but these, it, and these people have the cheek to say that Bitcoin is used for money laundering. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's nuts. Um, so yeah, so left HSBC, uh, and so my dad went through a divorce and I had to, to take over running, uh, his business, which is in the private security industry. And it was also going through some regulatory changes. Um, you might be, so my dad used to run all the doors, um, around our area. And there was a period of time where the government brought in some legislation uh, with the Security Industry Authority. Um, so Dorman went from being the bent-nosed lump um, that would give you a good hiding if you misbehaved to somebody that could pass a test to, to get a, a badge on their arm um, yeah. to say that so they, they could, could do the job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to say that they, they weren't a criminal um, and... Yeah, it and it kind of basically made the industry go from. Um, it's the only industry that I've seen where it started out people earning a, a good wage, and then yeah. as the more experience you got, because of the the quality of the participants in the industry, the yeah. the wages went down uh, and trended towards minimum wage um, yeah. for jobs where you are really literally putting your your life on the line. Yeah. So yeah. Sure. So, um, but I was like nineteen. 20 uh running around um with an army of uh doormen um and yeah i it was far too much responsibility far too early in life uh but a whole bunch of lessons um and yeah i my my mother was dying i had a, a partner that was pregnant um i unfortunately cheated um huge mess in life uh having my daughter moved back to uh to workshop in sheffield um to to basically rebuild my life um and to be a part of my daughter's life because uh, yeah. i had separated uh from my partner uh, and that <clears throat> then what did i do uh i spent a little bit of time um self-employed um driving uh van doing deliveries just so i could have every weekend off uh to spend yeah. it with my daughter um that started like be, becoming like really um, not not very healthy way uh, yeah. to live. So kind of like stopped doing that. Started trading uh, a bit more uh, and investing um, 
like savings and just basically took the money that I'd spent and, and made doing that uh, and started investing it. And then uh, I, I don't know how, but I ended up at, um, I think I would have contacted a recruitment agency um, okay. or maybe applied directly, got an interview with Virgin Media and started working uh, at Virgin Media in the, the sales and retentions team. Yeah. Which is where we work together. Um, yeah. Briefly. Um, but I quickly, uh, it was easy um, and yeah. it wasn't very challenging. Um, and I, I literally left there. I can't even remember why. Um, yeah. It, it was that long ago. Um, but, and it was a short period in my life. Um, so then following that, I, what was I doing? So- can I, can I, at this point, were you, were you in, were you in Bitcoin when you said you were no, doing? No, 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 no. This, this was before Bitcoin was even a thing. Um, so I was trading, so I was buying um, equities uh, and commodities, um, yeah. basically investing directly uh, into companies. Um, yeah. I think, I think at one point uh, I owned quite a bit of shell stock um, whilst I think I was definitely uh, at Virgin Media at that point and it ripped. Um, so I, and I made a a decent whack on that. Um, and then after then, uh, I think, yeah, my mother died, um, sadly. And yeah, uh, difficult time, irrational decisions, uh, bought a nightclub, um, as you do to try and bury yourself in work. Um, absolute stupid mistake to to do that um during the financial crisis of like 2008 2009 um yeah. but fortunately i i bought this nightclub really cheap um did it up and then sold it onto somebody else before it right. actually lost me any like significant sums of money um and then after that what what was i doing um i went back to work for my dad's company um for for a while um and then also at the, around that time, um, I invested into my grandparents' company to help them prepare that for sale. Um, so yeah. I went in and, and did a bit of um, like management oversight and just restructuring um, to prepare it for sale for them so they could then retire, which they did. They, they sold the, the business and um, happy days, uh, and they're still going strong, bless them, uh, today. Uh, okay. Then I discovered Bitcoin towards the end of 2011, early 2012. So Bitcoin so, was less than a dollar um, yeah. at the time. So yeah, I, I saw Bitcoin go from about 60 cents up to $14. Uh, and then it crashed back down. Uh, but I witnessed the, the movement and started to understand um, the actual technology a lot more. Um, so that's where my Bitcoin journey began. So Bitcoin, I mean, I've obviously I'm not, um, you know, I don't understand the background and the ins and outs of Bitcoin. I watch it move <laughs> regularly just because I've got a vested interest. But And I'm also, I'm, I think I'm at that point where I'm calm with the movements and I, I don't really care. When I say I watch it move, I watch it move on a monthly basis rather than a daily or hourly basis. Yeah, you should forget about it for years. Um, yeah. It's um, so 
Bitcoin actually solves one uh, solves a very big problem, um, and it does it um, in the most genius of ways. It's not even brand new technology. It was like an amalgamation of technologies um, that that came that uh, Satoshi Nakamoto put together, uh, and basically um, it's about forty years of um, projects and evolution um, wow. that led to Bitcoin. Um, so for, for people to understand Bitcoin, I think it's, it's, it's much more important to understand what is money. Um, so all money does is it solves the, uh, the, the double coincidence, um, of wants. So if you don't have money, you have barter. So if you've got two chickens and I've got one goat, we can do a trade. If we both agree that one goat is worth two chickens. Uh, yeah. The problem is, is you've got two chickens, I've got one goat, and you, I don't want the chickens, but I've got the goat that you want. Um, yeah. So, but if you've got money what, that we both agree has a value um, yeah. of a set value, um, so one gold coin might be worth one chicken, um, yeah. or a, a goat might be worth two gold coins. So if you've got two gold coins, you can buy them from me. And you, you could find somebody that wants two chickens that will buy your two chickens from you for two gold coins. Um, yeah. So that's that's what money solves. And money has become distorted um, and corrupted over time where um, these days your money isn't actually backed by anything. Um, it's it's just fiat currency. It's It's got value because the government says it has value. Uh, and everybody yeah. else agrees that that, that value exists. Um, so what what Bitcoin does is Bitcoin has this set of rules that can't be changed, or they can be changed, but it's just extremely difficult. You have to get everybody else to agree uh, to change the rules of the network um, for, for the change to take effect, whereas your government-issued currency um, is subject to the whims of three or four people, um, the, the banks actually create the most money in the, the system. When they create yeah. loans, they create money out of thin air um, and they yeah. lend that money into the economy. Um, so you have this uh, cantillion effect where the people closest to the, the supply of money, they can buy assets um, and commodities in the in the market with before that uh, new money has been impacted the pricing. So if you if you borrow early and cheap from the yep. central bank, the rest of the economy doesn't know that money exists. So it hasn't impacted the pricing because the amount of goods um, and services in an economy is what is produced. But the amount yep. of money is variable. So the price changing um, is the, the best way that to describe it is if you think about your parents, the first house that they bought. Probably yeah. fourteen grand, fifteen thousand. Yeah. Nowadays, that same house is two hundred and fifty thousand, yeah, if not yeah. more. And yeah. if you actually step back and think about what does that house do, what does it produce? It produces nothing. Um, but what it does is it provides shelter and warmth um, for you uh, and accommodation. Does it produce any more? Like, does it provide any more accommodation, any more shelter than what it did when it was first bought? So the actual no. value of that house outside of supply and demand, um, it's the money that's changed in value, the measuring yeah. stick. 
So, yeah, and that's only because they've created more money in the system. So that's inflation. Um, and inflation is, uh, is, a, is a silent tax. Um, and it's taxation yeah. without representation because it's subject to the whims of people that aren't elected into power. Um, and they can create more of it, as we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And then they blame everything else um, for inflation. Uh, it's funnily enough, we're, we're going through this this period of inflation now. Um, and who could have seen it coming when they've created so much money in the system, whilst people have not actually been producing anything else in the economy. Um, yeah. So everything from used car, uh, used car prices to energy prices uh, and everything is being in, like food. Um, production's gone down, but the amount of money sloshing around in the system because they was offering... Um, and that's because of the loans. Yeah. Yeah. The flood of money so that, to help your COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but they said everybody go stay at home, produce nothing or yeah. produce yeah. less. So there's more, um, there's more money, less goods and services. So yeah. inflation, they say, is at 10, 11%. I can probably assure you it's much higher if that's what yeah. they're saying it is. Um, so what Bitcoin does is Bitcoin has uh, a monetary policy that was set from the very beginning that is very difficult to change. And I'm not going to agree to create more Bitcoin in the system because it will devalue what I have already. Um, yeah, and the same for every other holder. So it'd be against my own interests to um, change those rules and create more Bitcoin in the system uh, when Bitcoin. So that basically means that Bitcoin is the fixed unit the fixed measuring stick for value, whereas everything yeah. else is variable against it. Um, previously, for for money, there were seashells, big stones, uh, glass beads, um, yeah. gold and silver, um, and even gold. We don't know how much gold exists in the universe, but we do know that on average, it's about two two percent is mined every year. Um, we yeah. could get an asteroid hit the Earth which doubles the gold supply um, in, yeah, the, in the economy. So, so but Bitcoin cannot be changed. There's no asteroid. There's no other galaxy or uh, planet that could dilute the, the amount of Bitcoin that exists. So for yeah. me, it's that perfect measuring stick of value. Um, and the, the way that the, the monetary system is now is it's forced everybody to become gamblers um, to to store value over time, because if yeah. you're putting your money in the bank, your interest is half a percent, maybe one, two percent, but inflation's 10 percent. You're losing value all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in, in that respect, people are forced to um, invest on Robin Hood. They're just taking bets on what a stock price is going to do. Um, there's the whole crypto market, which is like it's the shitcoin casinos um, because none of these coins have any reason to exist. They're sold and marketed, no. literally not. Um, they're, they're sold and marketed um, as the next best thing, the next Bitcoin, um, the the world's computer, DeFi. Um, and it's all bullshit. They're, they're all centralized um, around individual people or a group of people, people that want to invest to, to basically sell it to other people um, right. uh, as much like basically rug pull um, other people in the market. So they'll market as like 
<laughs> the next big thing. If something's decentralized, it doesn't have a marketing department. Um, Bitcoin yeah. doesn't have a marketing department. If, Bitcoin, if, you, if you lose your Bitcoin, there's nobody to ring up uh, to no. complain to. Bitcoin is truly decentralized. Um, and and they, the dude in Wales as well, where he's lost his Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't actually fully believe his story. Um, okay. But for several big red flags, uh, but, but he gets flag, lost. Yeah, you can't just get it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it it actually instills like self responsibility into people. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's if it's done if you hold it properly, uh, because if you don't hold the keys to your Bitcoin, it's not your keys, not your coins. So somebody yeah. else can just take them from you, or whoever you're trusting with them could take them. Um, so it's uh, like self sovereign money. Um, which but, surely is the right way. Yeah, you would think so. But, hmm. but people don't understand, um, certainly in like the UK and Europe, um, we've been really privileged to to live through uh, like a financial stable, econ yeah. like a financially stable economy. We've got pretty solid banking. Um, yeah. I unfortunately lived in Cyprus at the time of the bail-ins where they recapitalized the banks using customer deposits. So I have seen banks put their hands into customers' accounts to, to basically pay off their own mistakes. Um, and people don't actually realize that when you deposit money into the bank, you're actually giving the money to the bank. You just become a creditor. So if yeah. they go bankrupt, you're not actually entitled to anything. They have the financial, uh, the FSCS, the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. Um, but if the bank actually goes bust, they just create more money to pay those people out, um, yeah. which is basically yeah. taxing everybody else uh, and also yeah. the, the deposit holder uh, to pay for that. It's uh, so, yeah, it's the fixed. We need to fix the money and we can fix a lot of the, the world's problems. Uh, we can't yeah. fix all of the world's problems, but a lot of them and the incentives, uh, if, if the incentives are different, um, then we can fix a, a lot of the problems. Um, for example, uh, there's a lot of noise around the amount of energy that Bitcoin consumes from mining. Um, yeah. And, but consuming energy is own, isn't, isn't a bad thing. You could argue that the more advanced uh, a society is, the more energy it will consume. Um, so on one hand, they're saying to everybody, stop driving petrol, diesel cars, go and buy electric cars. That's an awful lot of energy usage that is going to be transferred into electrical energy uh, usage uh, and demand. Um, Bitcoin's energy um, demands basically provide security for the entire network um, yeah. and the the whole argument against bitcoin and the um say the the environment uh, they say are oh, it's using all this energy most of the energy that bitcoin uses is from um like stranded um unused waste electricity because it's the cheapest electricity um so yeah. if you've got a hydro dam in canada that's providing power to 5,000 people, but that, yeah. um, that dam is producing 50 megawatts of power enough to, to provide power to 200,000 people. You can't just pipe that electricity into one of the big cities. Uh, electricity yeah. doesn't travel very well over a long distance. So 
what you end up you doing is, pay, is paying for this big dam. 5,000 people are paying for the electricity enough for a city. Um, so they're paying extortionate rates. But if you could sell that electricity to a Bitcoin miner, um, yeah. they will they will take that electricity and basically make it cheaper for everybody else because there's demand for the rest of that electricity and the upkeep and the, the so but it's not it's not just that um also providing stability to the electrical grid um the the base load of um electrical grids um is is really precious um yeah. and really temp like really it's fundamental for a stable grid uh, and bitcoin miners are providing that in places like Texas. Um, so yeah. when demand is high, the the cost goes up of the electricity. So the miners basically dial their operations back um, automatically. And then as the, the the electricity rates become cheaper and the base load, uh, they increase their, their mining operation by the size of or the, the, the demands for their mining operation. Uh, and it provides stability to the entire grid, uh, which is a, a service in and of itself. Um, but none of this gets t spoken about. And the, the big one for me is the existing financial system incentivizes consumerism. Um, yeah. So inflation basically means that any money that you earn today is going to be worth less tomorrow. So yeah. you've got to go out and spend that. Um, and that's demanding usage of resources. Um, yeah. Whereas if you've got Bitcoin, which is fixed, you know that your value is going to stay where it is um, for a year, two years, three years, five years, when it's denominated in Bitcoin, nobody can change that or debase that from underneath you. Um, don't get me wrong, the market is extremely volatile right now, yeah. uh, but we're going through the monetization of an entire asset class. You don't go exactly. from zero to trillions of dollars in value in a smooth upwards line. On a day-to-day -day basis, it's extremely volatile, and the vast majority of the world don't understand it yet. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to include <laughs> Bitcoin in crypto, but isn't cri the crypto market the biggest growing market ever? Have I heard this? No, uh, it, no only because it's been... You, so Bitcoin could be worth a million dollars tomorrow, but it doesn't really matter yeah. if that million dollars buys you a chicken. Um, yeah. So, but a lot of the value in Bitcoin um, and... I, Bitcoin and crypto are two very different things. Yeah, um, yeah. I knew you were going to call me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crypto, at, at its best, is a speculative punt. You might as well go down to the casino. You know the odds. You know the, the casino have a, a set of rules that they have to adhere to. Um, and you you know if you play blackjack or roulette, you know the odds of the, the bet that you're making. Um, and you're in the odds are in the house's favor, but at least you know that. Um, in crypto, there's mis-selling, misdirection. Um, there's actual no fundamental reasons for them to exist uh, because they don't actually solve any real problems. And they're, they're, they're solutions seeking a problem. Um, that's whereas Bitcoin fixed a certain problem. Uh, yeah. And everything else is just a, a gamble. And what people have done is that they've often seen uh, Bitcoin go from zero to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars, and they think, oh, I've missed the boat. 
I, I, I'm smart enough. I can go and create this, and then basically we can create the next one, the next best thing. And they they always try and pitch it as it's got this improvement, or it can do this, it can do that, uh, yeah. but it doesn't actually solve any of the problems. All it does is introduce trade offs. Um, yeah. So and yeah, even the best technologies don't always win in the market. Um, if you're if you're basing yeah. it on a technology perspective, like the Betamax and the VHS. The, the VHS was actually the worst technology out of the two, but the yeah. network effects was in the, the VHS, and that is Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin just literally is boring. It does its thing every 10 minutes. Um, doesn't need the bells and whistles. Yeah, okay. So you, you wouldn't even say crypto is a good place to start for someone to build up some funds no. to go Bitcoin, or would you just say, dollar no. uh, value, get into Bitcoin, and just just do it that way um i don't like to give financial advice but avoid avoid crypto so you can buy as little as like a pounds worth of bitcoin or 10 pounds worth of bitcoin you don't need to go to the casino first before you can buy a solid financial asset um so yeah i i wouldn't go let's go gamble on crypto so i can buy some bitcoin without fully understanding why it is you want Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, I can say, if you, if you want to make a bet, go put a bet on the football um, or go to the casino. Don't play the, the crazy games of trying to time a market um, or think that somebody's giving you inside information on the next big thing. Um, yeah. yeah, if it's, yeah. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Okay. So, okay. yeah, it's, um, if, you, if you're buying Bitcoin as an asset, just buy it and then remain productive in the rest of your life um, and just accumulate Bitcoin over time. Um, if you're a baker, go and make bread, sell it, buy some Bitcoin, store your value there if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. You don't need to be a gambler. So were you were you all in for on Bitcoin? I don't mean all in as in all your money, but I mean all in um, emotionally, I guess, and mentally on Bitcoin as soon as you found out what it does and the ins and outs. No, no, no. It, it took a while uh, to. So there's there's like several pillars of Bitcoin. So you've got um, the economic side. So you've got to understand economics, monetary history. You need to understand like monetary history to see where Bitcoin fits. Um, distributed yeah. systems. Um, so uh, Bitcoin a, a, is a truly decentralized network. Everything else is pretty decentralized in name only. Um, yeah. So the, the development process, the, the way in which the network is spread out across the different, um, like pretty much every country runs at least a, a Bitcoin node, which is like a copy of the, the ledger. Um, yeah. So you'd need to destroy every single one of those to destroy Bitcoin. Um, the, the monetary base is, is, is well distributed. Um, so you've got the, the, and then you've got the peer to peer networking, which is, um, an it problem. Um, yeah. and if you've, if you was familiar with file sharing and the path that took, um, over the, the, the late nineties and the early two thousands, we went from websites where you could download songs all the way yeah. through like, um, Napster, Kazar and then peer to peer, um, 
like file sharing and you had like LimeWire um, and then like torrents and everything. That was um, a pathway to, to, to censorship resistance. Um, so then you've got applied cryptography. So that's public private key cryptography. Um, you need to understand. Um, then there's uh, open source uh, software um, protocols as well, uh, and the way that the code is developed uh, and the protocol is developed, uh, reviewed and everything. Um, so you, you kind of need to have an understanding of all of those to, to truly get it. Um, I, I feel like I've got a good enough grasp across all of those um, now. And I, I've been in Bitcoin in 10, nearly 11 years. Um, there are still people that absolutely know more than me. Um, every day is still a school day, um, whether that's in economics or monetary history, um, on the, the computer science side of things uh, as well. So, yeah. and then th there's also like behavioral, um, like psychology, there's game theory to understand, um, which is kind of scary. But if you can get the basic premise and understand like, why Bitcoin exists, yeah. um, the, the market is showing you um, over a long enough period of time that it actually does what it says on the tin. It's not yeah. so. It's not like a, a flash in the pan. If, yeah. There's a there's a a website called Coin Market Cap, and it's got like twenty thousand cryptocurrencies listed on there. The number yeah. one has always been Bitcoin, um, and the 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 top ten. If you take a snapshot from twenty fourteen when these first started becoming a thing. To 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, the top 10 has always been changing. But the only one that has actually stayed at the top is Bitcoin because it's the only one that actually has any value. Um, so okay. it's, yeah, there is literally no value in crypto <laughs> whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you any more about crypto, I promise. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's no, fine, no. Right. that's the way. I've, been answering these questions for for a decade uh, and to be fair i the the business has grown so much um and there's just we, they, it happens in cycles as well it's, it's extremely cyclical um like roughly every four years um it goes up everybody thinks they're a genius everybody can make money in a bear in a bull market um they they can <laughs> they really can. I mean, yeah. I made money on, on crypto the last couple of years, and I don't mean Bitcoin. I mean crypto, just because, like you say, the market was mental. You couldn't. There were very few losing bets as long as you got out. Uh, you say that. You say that, but when you got out, somebody else was buying that from you. Well, I didn't get out. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, so, so I made so, in a in a sense of I should have made money. Um, but I still didn't lose money, which is, which is interesting. Cause now I've got, I've got a lot of stuff. What's still worth uh, a little bit more than what I initially invested. Um, but I've not made anything yet because it's not real yet. Um, Have you paid the tax on those gains? Well, no, cause I've not sold anything. Um, but, but you, if you've traded it, you've sold it. That's a taxable event. Even when you're trading between two different cryptocurrencies, that's a taxable done. event. Oh, I've only ever bought. Yeah, I've only okay. ever bought and stored, never, yeah. never sold anything. Because I sort of got feared into selling anything. Um, and I think it's a... <sighs> okay, if, if so... You, if, you, if you hold anything other than Bitcoin right now, in Bitcoin terms, that is... So even number like Ethereum at number two 
in yeah, which uh, sorry for which your loss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So, so, so Ethereum's all-time high against Bitcoin was like zero point one five Bitcoin per Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's currently about half that. So yeah. it's trending towards zero against Bitcoin. And like I said, yeah. Bitcoin's your fixed measuring stick in dollar terms yeah. or in pounds or or whatever. It might feel like you're winning, but the opportunity that you actually had was to buy Bitcoin. At the same time the- that you bought that Ethereum, and and chances are over, if, and because you've not sold it, and because you continue to not sell it, you you could have been storing that value in Bitcoin. But here's the thing: Ethereum is the number two coin, and it's that bad, and it's that shit. They've created Ethereum two point Okay, yeah, I've seen this. What are the other <laughs> Bitcoin Cash and there's like uh, other- B Cash? That's that's trended to like less than. A fraction of a percent. Um, so yeah. basically, this was like into it. I get PTSD from this shit. Um, so <laughs> in in 2015, we had like a, a scale a debate uh, within the industry and within the the market. So basically, you had all of the salesmen um, in the in the um, in the ecosystem were saying Bitcoin needs to scale. You need to be able to use Bitcoin to buy coffee. All of the <laughs> the 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 engineering side said, okay, we need to scale this in layers. It's a protocol. We need to keep it small to keep it decentralized uh, to keep yeah. and maintain censorship resistance. Whereas they just went, oh, no, we just go, we'll change this one to a two so we can do twice as much. Um, and all of the, the smart guys went, it actually doesn't work like that. Um, <laughs> and then all of the salespeople basically said, okay, we'll pay somebody to, 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 to code these changes and the market can decide. Um, so they created, because Bitcoin's open source, they created a fork. They actually changed some of the rules. Um, so, and, and this is the, the whole thing. You can try and change the rules and you can try and uh, influence other people to, to change the rules with you. And they basically created a fork. Um, so they became Bitcoin Cash, which is what they called it. They should have called it Bcash, but they, they took that as, a, uh, as an insult. Um, because they wanted to keep the Bitcoin name, but everybody else and the market has shown us over time that Bcash was a pointless, um, stupid thing to do. Um, And they all went off that way and lost a lot of money. Um, And Bitcoin remained Bitcoin. They didn't change the one to a two. It stayed as a one Um, and and it's improved slowly. And the, the, the market has returned um the the correct decision in my opinion um, yeah. listen listen to the engineers when you're talking about engineering problems not salesmen um yeah. and yeah it's now worth 0.001 uh, less than 0.005% of bitcoin um so, <laughs> uh, so yeah it's um that's like the whole bcash stuff they they're just Basically, they, they took Bitcoin, tried to change the rules, and the world, like the rest of the world, disagreed with them. Um, yeah. So, okay. again, trending towards zero. And don't get me wrong; yeah. there's been times when you could have bought Bcash and made pounds or dollars. Um, yeah. But if you're actually looking to store value over time, you should have just kept Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. These are called okay. tuition fees, and you, you're paying yours right now whilst holding Ethereum. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, that's sort of the thing. I, I mean, I've never traded. Um, and literally crypto was my first dabble in trading. Um, and it literally was a dabble. You ever been to the <laughs> casino? You, you must have been to the casino at Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you've been yeah. in crypto before me. Just a different label. <laughs> well, you sometimes run at the casino occasionally. Yeah, you um, do. Right. And, yeah. and to be fair, you can Not win in crypto. And yeah, yeah. but here's the thing. In, in crypto, you, you don't know the odds. Uh, yeah. you're up against, so I can go and I can literally on this computer right here, go and create a fork of Bitcoin, go and create Bitcoin, Bitcoin 7.6 and get, create and, uh, basically assign units of Bitcoin 7.6 to myself. Um, yeah. and I can go and pay Binance $2 million and they will list my Bitcoin 7.6 on there where people can then trade it. And I can sell yeah. to people. That's free money. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, as soon as yeah. they've paid, once they've got their two million, happy days. Um, yeah. Everybody that I'm selling to is just providing me with free money. Um, and seventy percent of all Ethereum was created at the very beginning and given to the insiders. Yeah. So yeah. it's <laughs> um, the same with Ripple and uh, XRP or whatever that piece of shit is called um literally all of them are like that um the the only time when there was like this genesis moment was when bitcoin was created yeah okay okay well you mentioned your new project your your small project what's does is, is that around bitcoin or is that around finance what's that around um right so when i got into bitcoin i i then moved to, to Cyprus. My my ex-partner, she married somebody in the RAF, so um, they got posted to Akrotiri. So um, at the time, I was just doing a lot of OTC trading in Bitcoin. Um, it was very early. So I, I said, okay, I'll move to Cyprus to maintain a relationship. I don't want to not give my daughter the opportunity um, to to live um, in a in a in and around a different type of society, a different culture. I wanted her to experience that. Um, and then basically I was there throughout the, the bail-in event. And mm. having witnessed that, I was like, Bitcoin is the actual answer to this problem. Um, because once if you own Bitcoin, nobody can take it from you. If you hold it yourself, um, yeah. as long as you hold it properly, um, nobody can take that from you unless you give them access to it. Um, so I embarked upon creating a business there. It was essentially the world's first Bitcoin um, bank, if you if you wanted to call it that. We was work, was pioneering with multi-signature wallets, um, so we could hold one and the customer could hold one. Um, we had a, a competitor for Mastercard and Visa for spending Bitcoin around Cyprus. Um, we was doing a, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it exploded in a great ball of uh, fire. Um, the, the business was far too early. Um, the okay. Cyprus wasn't ready for it, um, which is a, a whole other discussion. Um, but basically, I left Cyprus for five days, ended up uh, with a European arrest warrant, uh, Interpol red notice, um, and a three-year extradition battle. Um, I literally left Cyprus. My house was there. My cars were there. Uh, my dogs and most importantly, my daughter uh, was all in Cyprus. But I had five people trying to blackmail me to sign over everything. Um, and 
it was all over the Daily Mail, uh, all over the Cypriot media. Uh, when this all went crazy, um, I they they dropped it all in the end because all of the accusations were like patently false, um, and they with their tail between their legs, sent over two investigators uh, from the Economics Crimes Unit um, in Cyprus over to London to interview me at the embassy. I had a five-hour interview where I wasn't allowed um, lawyers uh, to be present or any legal representation. Um, so, But I, I did it because I could then prove that if they tried to extradite me in the future, that they wouldn't give me a fair uh, fair case uh, or a fair trial. Um, so I never got charged with a crime, never got convicted of a crime. Um, I didn't actually do anything that they, they claimed. Even the, the Daily Mail, their article made like no sense whatsoever. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, surprisingly. Um, so, but, but now like even still that follows me around, it's adverse media uh, against yeah. me. Uh, Google yeah. has removed a, a whole bunch of it. Uh, and they continue uh, taking the time to remove the rest. But uh, these things like happen. But what I did take away from it again is like a whole bunch of lessons. Um, and in my quest to uh, die less dumb, it played a big part. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So whilst I was going through all of that, I uh, going through the extradition process. I couldn't get a job. Couldn't go out and do anything. Luckily, I had yeah. savings and. Uh, what have you, but the, so I basically looked at everything where, where had I expended the most amount of resources in the previous like 10 years of my life is yeah. lawyers and software developers. Um, I've yeah. got quite an appreciation for law. Um, so, but I was thinking about doing my qualifying law degree. Um, but decided now I much prefer actually building something, creating something. Um, so yeah. I basically retaught myself how to code when I was like 14, 15, uh, I learned, taught myself how to code then, uh, but basically just started building around some of the ideas that I'd had in Cyprus and like having chance to reflect on where the, the product ideas was probably wrong. Um, I started building out, um, and iterating what became fast Bitcoins. Um, then I went to a conference and I was talking to uh, a guy in the industry who was the CEO of um, CoinFloor in the UK. Um, they've recently like sold up uh, and wrapped up and he's now sitting on the board of uh, an investment fund for Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z. Um, so okay. yeah, two phone calls removed from Jay-Z now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh yeah. So, it's a, yeah, bit of, that's a bit of a random one. So, yeah, I sat talking to him. He said, uh, you do know that if you actually want to build this out, you're going to have to start trusting people. Um, yeah. I was like, damn. So I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with the Myers-Briggs test. No, go on. The, the 16 personalities. Um, so I'd always tested as ENTJ, which is like a, a commander. Yeah. Um, but during all of the the stuff that was going on with uh with cyprus and the extradition and everything i started testing as an intj so i became much more introverted uh, and much like less trusting of others um yeah so i basically just shut everybody out and when he said that so i went away uh, and i spoke to, to two guys who were the two of the biggest backers of the business in cyprus um i 
spoke to spoke to them and they was like yeah we're on board um if you actually want to build this business out um and uh one of them is now my cto um so yeah it's uh it was a bit of a journey and the company is called aao holdings uh which stands yeah. for against against all odds um because i do not know how we're still standing or how i'm still standing still fighting every day um to build uh, the businesses um and yeah so we we had fast bitcoins we started operating in the uk the european union canada uh, brazil australia um so and uh, we're registered with the us now um as a money service business in the us so we can go to to market in the us um whenever we're ready so yeah it's uh, it's been that was a bit of a journey um so fast bitcoins is very geared towards like the retail market every man and woman yeah. on the street we want to create a billion bitcoiners around the world um so that's the the small guys um tight limits it's bitcoin only we don't want people buying shit uh, i point blank refuse to to add any other crypto um to the platform <laughs> because the, the people don't need to be gambling um so we want people to use bitcoin as a savings technology uh, i think that's yeah. the best way for for them to use it um yeah. and then we've got so during the the bull markets and things what you see is a lot of institutions and like institutional level um, players start looking at Bitcoin um, yeah, and crypto, unfortunately. So there's a lot of a lot of juniors in these institutions that they they learn from sales materials. So they, they're learning crypto and DeFi and all of that garbage. Uh, and what is positioned as advertise uh, as as educational material is quite often marketing material um yeah so these people they go into the their bosses and they go look I'm, I'm i can be the guy i can be the girl uh that knows crypto for our business our institution um and it's just extremely dangerous um because a little bit of information or a little bit of knowledge is can be quite a dangerous thing on the, the yeah. dunning kruger curve um and they they think they know everything um so what we've done with uh, Freehold is taking uh, taking a step back. Um, we provide uh, educational material, brokerage um, uh, brokerage uh, solutions, and also custody solutions for these uh, larger um, institutions. That so we can do up to like two hundred million a day in volume for them um, if they want to uh, take a position in Bitcoin. Yeah. And but what we do is we actually make we basically so this is how most of the calls go. We get a team facing us or in a, a seminar in, a, in an event. Um, and we, we spend the first 30 minutes knocking back every bit of information that they think they know and all of their preconceived ideas. Um, yeah. And then we start building them up with actual knowledge and understanding um, of the, the, the foundational pillars of like what Bitcoin is, why it exists and how it does it. Um, and then we, we go backwards and forwards for a few hours on questions and answers to actually develop a, a real solid understanding. Um, yeah. So it's, like I say, the vast majority of the world does not understand it. Uh, and it, even if you think Bitcoin and crypto are the same things, then you clearly don't understand it. Um, yes. So it's so freehold is geared at these larger institutions for 
education, brokerage, uh, and custody solutions. Um, and then the the last one is 21, which is the, the small project. Yeah. <clears throat> small one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I moved my family and uh, the businesses to the Isle of Man a year ago in April. Um, yeah. So the Isle of Man between Ireland and the, the UK, um, just north of Liverpool, um, the single best thing that I've ever done is move here. Um, there was a nine-year-old girl stabbed in Boston, where I'm from, or where we moved from uh, the other week. Um, yeah, absolutely horrendous. Just before we moved, there was a 13-year-old boy that stabbed another 13-year-old boy and tried to cut his head off, killed him. Uh, that 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 Those two kids went to, to one of my daughter's schools. Um, absolutely. Jesus. Yeah, and then, and then after, like during all the lockdowns and everything, the Isle of Man basically locked every stopped everybody from coming in, but everything stayed pretty much open on the inside. Um, yeah, so that to me was like common sense. There's certainly tax yeah. benefits for being here um, as a as a Bitcoiner. There's no capital gains tax or anything like that. Um, okay. it, it's basically common sense rules. Um, you yeah. pay tax on income, which I'm not really a big fan of. I think we should tax consumerism uh, and consumption um, with like a VAT, which we pay anyway, but um, you don't tax production. It kind of disincentivizes production. Um, it's probably a different debate to have. Um, but the uh, but yeah, like taxes, there's no speed limits outside the built up areas. All of the beef here is grass fed. Um, the air is fresh. Um, there's, the, the government has to make decisions for like 85,000 people um, yeah. instead of 66 million people. I struggle to keep a missus and five kids happy, let alone 66 million people. Um, yeah. that, that for me is like the job of a psychopath. It's an impossible yeah. job, um, yeah. regardless of who your favorite politician is. Chances are they're a psychopath. If they want to try and keep 66 million people happy or if they're arrogant enough to think they've got the answers for 66 million people, um, it's, it's either that or they want to exert power over 66 million people. Um, it's nuts. Uh, so, yeah, small government, um, just absolute dream living here. Uh, the kids are safe. We walked into the school when we came to look around and there was no security. And my missus was like, where's the gates? Where's the... And was like... Yeah, the kids just come in and go, and it's just like a, a different world, I swear. Um, it's the fourth safest place to live in the world, I believe, uh, when it comes to actual crime rates. Um, so, yeah, it's like literally a dream living here. Um, so we moved over, um, moved the businesses um, and everything. We faced one big problem. The government, everything has been great. Um, the regulators are slow, but that's regulators. Um <clears throat> All of the banks here are ring fenced from the UK. So we still have the, we're still on the pound. We still use faster payments and everything, but they're, they're all ring fenced. Um, so even the, the more boutique banks here have to back into um, the clearing banks in the UK. So HSBC, Barclays, NatWest, uh, RBS. Yeah. So even the boutique banks, they was like, oh, we want to do business with you. We want to be able to give you a bank account. Um, so, but fast bitcoins is a Bitcoin related business. The, the big yeah. banks don't like it. Um, yeah. so we couldn't get a bank account. Um, so, um, 
yeah, we, we kind of had to build our own solution. So we're launching um, what will essentially be like a, a competitor to, to Revolut, Monzo, Starling, um, HSBC, Barclays, NatWest, plus all of the, the boutique banks here in the Isle of Man, Jersey, Guernsey, Gibraltar, uh, and the, the whole of the European Union. So, yeah, the, the, so, the medium to long-term uh, plan will be to get our own banking license and then to see if we can actually become the, the clearing bank ourselves. Okay. So you were struggling <clears throat> to get a bank account, so you made a bank. We can't call it a well, bank because they're precious okay. over wording. Um, right. and, and the function of a bank is a little bit more than just uh, like business accounts. So yeah, yeah. we don't do any lending. We don't offer overdrafts or anything like that. Um, okay. But, yeah, we've, we've had to solve our own problem. Okay. The banking alternative. One way of solving the problem. <laughs> just do it yourself. So you you mentioned yeah. a little bit in there um, about politics, and are you into are you interested in politics? Are you into politics? Uh, probably more than I should be, uh, but what? to be fair, I it, it's it's a dirty game, and they're all yeah. self serving, literally of everywhere. Um, the the incentives are just misaligned. But to be fair, I would take a small government like here or in Iceland over some big behemoth. Um, so there's no political parties here either. So there's not like a party-led system in parliament. Um, across okay. the road, out my my offices are literally directly over the road from our government building. It's called Timwald. Looks like a big wedding okay. cake, um, yeah. the building. So, But if I've got a, a problem with uh, immigration, so we're, we relocate uh, a bunch of people here. Um, so we, we've grown, we went from two people on the island about 13 months ago to about 53 um, in the space of, yeah, like 13 months. Um, when we're still waiting for some people to, to start. Um, yeah. But yeah, if we've got a problem with immigration, I can literally just walk to the building there, walk in and speak to a human being. If there's a problem with tax, I can just go up over the road and go walk into the tax office um, uh, and speak to a human being that's smiley and happy to help me out. Um, reputation matters here. Um, so yeah, so politics and government here is very different than over in the UK. Yeah, for sure. Can you? And are you allowed to talk about stuff over there? <laughs> like, I, well, okay. So I know we're connected on LinkedIn. Did you see my post? Um, I'm going to be specific because it could be any post, but the one about the Notting Hill Carnival the other day. I think I did. I thought you racist. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> so. I highlighted some stats is basically all I did and said, these are the stats effectively. Um, and I didn't get called a racist. I was told the post was racist, which it was, which it wasn't intended to be. And I'd, I've asked a lot of people and they've all said, there's no way that post is racist. <sighs> when did we get to a point where we can't discuss things politically? And I think it's, it's Okay, so for me, so I I grew up in Sheffield, always always lived in Sheffield, and you never is... guess with that accent. <laughs> Sheffield is left wing; it always has been. Um, Same as Liverpool, to be fair. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Sheffield's always been left. Um, and when I was young, I would probably consider myself as left. And I think, I think I am left, realistically. But I think the political, it, it's just gone so bizarre that I'm now seen as right when I'm, I would consider myself as left. And I, I don't like either side. <laughs> it's like, but we're, but we're now not allowed to discuss sort of, I, I can't bring up stats and say, why is this happening? Because that's a racist post. Well, it's stats. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, facts don't care about feelings. Um, exactly. But, so, uh, I, I would have said when I was younger and dumber, I'd have probably been more on the left. Um, yeah. As, if, if you actually look at life, as you become more experienced in life and more experienced in a world, gen people generally become more conservative. And yeah. that doesn't mean more conservative in the the political party, but more conservative in their thoughts, um, more averse to change. Um, you realise that if, if you're going to give the job to a government, the government's probably going to fuck it up um, yeah. or be really inefficient. Um, but then if you also on the, the flip side of that, you can see that if you give the job to a private enterprise, their incentive is generally profit. Um, there, there is no real fine balance. There's um, capitalism and communism um, pretty much, um, they're, they're the, the two trains of thought. Those um, people that want to, what? I, I think, I, I, I like to think that I can judge every problem on its own individual merit and that I can, so I can be really socialist with those closest to me um, yeah. like with friends, like with my family, um, yeah. uh, if I've got it, they can have it. Same with the kids ish. Yeah, um, they, they need lessons. Um, but the, yeah, I'm more like communist with the kids, more socialist with wider family and friends, um, where I, I will provide or like a collective, um, but for the wider world, probably be more capitalist and then everybody if everybody knows everybody's intentions from the outset as to where you actually stand i think the world would be a better place um but when when things are um and this is my my biggest issue with like the climate change brigade um one i think they're always shouting you're bad by my solution um, and that that i can't stand because for me that is that isn't being honest. Um, the so yeah, it, it's like they're, they're capitalists at heart, but they're, they're screaming at people for for basically killing the planet. And they've got a, a band of followers that participate in groupthink, um, and that's that's where my problem lies with it all is is groupthink, and and people don't don't want to um, like stand out from their their social crowd and their social group um and we saw this with like the black lives matter stuff um all of the the, the climate activism uh and things um there's yeah there, there's just basically it's group think that's taken over and young people really and social media has exasperated that like really exaggerated it as like for the kids um, I've had like really difficult conversations with some of our kids and they're like, the world is so bad. It's this, it's that. 
uh, and it's like, hang on, have you actually sat and watched like the full video? Have you got the complete context? Yeah. Are you just being shown a snippet? Um, it's like that clown, um, Andrew Tate. For me, he is literally um, the like the polar opposite of the like the feminazi movement where me all men are bad, all men are rapists. Every man wants to rape every woman. Um, like, like men aren't needed. He's yeah. literally the, if, if you've got a group of impressionable young men that are yeah. going through adolescence and they're, they've got testosterone pumping through their bodies. Um, they, they, they literally just want to fucking fight. Um, yeah. biologically, um, then if you're telling them that you, they're all bad and trying to suppress natural behaviors, they're naturally going to gravitate towards an idiot with a, a really extreme message on the other end of the spectrum. And that's yeah, where he's come to, um, come to like prominence because he's talking to all of this, uh, this, this group of young men um, that are really impressionable and they're looking for their belonging in the world yeah. if yeah. you're being told yeah you're great you you can you should be this way and you should do this and you should do that and then on the other hand you've got uh men can have babies and um you've got to care about everybody's feelings and you can't say that and men are bad men are evil men are violent and it's uh yeah it's no wonder that, and you just lose all the balance in the middle um and all of the yeah the nuance in the conversation, if you will, um, gets lost because people yeah. are consuming content in 30 second videos and 160 or 320 character tweets or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And there's no real conversation or dialogue about it. See, yeah, no, I completely agree. So there's, there's people that I, that I know that are <clears throat> very left and there's people that I know that are, fairly right but when you have a conversation with them one-on-one -on -one, they're just people and then they're, they're no different and you have a yeah. nice conversation you can disagree you can agree you can do whatever <clears throat> i think probably part of the problem is social media but it's also that it's just the madness in crowds thing it's like you can't like antifa what like <laughs> that's the other one yeah yeah, it's crackers. It's like we're, we're allowed to do whatever we want. We can be violent. We can be aggressive. If you don't agree with our views, we will physically come after you. Yeah, and but, they'll, they'll, they'll call they, – they call the other side, um, like, the – oh, what is it? The, the Nazis and the oppressive. Yeah. yeah. And surely that's what they're doing. Surely. Yeah, I, it's I, like I, a massive lack of self-awareness. But here's the other thing as well. So we've – uh, the, what's the saying? Hard men create good times. Good times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. And it's just like uh, hard times create hard men. Um, yeah. And we are very much in the uh, the the hard men fought in the wars um, yeah. on all sides. War is fucking horrible. Um, yeah. We they went through that. They went through rationing. Um, yeah. me as a kid, I got pretty much everything. I, I was kind of really lucky as a kid with football and, um, uh, and everything. And yeah. And now like my kids have got it even easier. Um, so like they go on holidays, they, 
the, 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 there is no real worry about like uh, is there going to be food in the cupboard? Um, is somebody yeah. going to drop a bomb on our head? Um, like they're at, like even when we was younger or when I was younger, there was like the tail end of like the the troubles in Northern Ireland and the IRA and the 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 stuff from and like the hangover from that. But then we've had a little bit of like terrorism from um, like Islamic extremists and stuff. But it is yeah yeah it, it, like there was less ISIS bombings than there was IRA bombings and bomb threats. Yeah, yeah. What have you? Absolutely. So, so, yeah. so, so we've got this like the biggest problem that most people have in their lives these days, um, beyond the energy, like as young young adults, is social issues, um, yes. and and that has literally become their focus. Um, so yeah, maybe See, we're in this soft times, and I I say it all the time: if these people with these views and this world outlook, they want to oppress other people into thinking the same way as they do. If you don't, you're a pariah um, and, it, and it's group thing. I, I absolutely hate the thought of the world these people would create um, if they were in charge. If they had any yeah. real power or influence, I would absolutely hate the world they would create. Um, and, and maybe they will create the world after I'm gone. Um, hopefully I'm gone. Um, by, by the time, if anybody with these trains of thought gets into power, um, and, and force their ways on everybody else. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to live in that world. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think that's when we get real hard times if they create the world in their worldview. Yeah, I have a theory on. You mentioned um, that mainly young people, like all, all really, they have to worry about is, is social issues, and I, I completely agree. And I've got this controversial theory on that that the whole. Um, See, we've got like a mental health pandemic, and we have like every everyone I know is. Is that is that is is that because the world is a bit softer, or is that because people are filling their head with other issues because they haven't got basic survival instincts that they need to fulfil? Both. That's exactly my point. Yeah, both. The society has become. Is it softer? Yeah. Well, of course it's softer, but I'm trying to think of a different word. But yeah, society's become softer. Um, but also, also we we treat things like if a major event has happened in someone's life, um, like a serious event, and they're depressed, they should probably depress be depressed for a while. Maybe like it's natural to sometimes have that. Um, and I think the problem is for people that truly have got you know depression, clinical depression, these everyone sort of ha has some sort of depression nowadays. Um, See, uh, for me, isn't, isn't uh, actual clinical depression a chemical imbalance in the brain? Yes, yeah, and it's a serious, serious issue. Like, it needs yeah. serious attention and treatment. Um, but my worry is that because we've got a society now where that seems to be the first port of call, you know, I've been, you know, I've been upset for a few hours. Well, you're not depressed, are you? You, you know, or I've got this. Well, that's what people go through in life. Or, you know, this major event's happened in my life. Someone's passed away. Well, you should be upset. You should, you know, you should be upset for a long while. And I just think we've got we've got into sort of a society where, like you say, there's not much else to think about other than social issues and and obviously money. Um, but mainly mainly those two things, I think, where. There's no outside threats really, other than those two things. And 
people just become more introverted, especially kids. And especially the more you see it online, the more you see that everyone has a mental health issue, the more you're likely yeah, to that, make that, yourself have a mental health issue. That's groupthink yeah. like manifesting. Um, so every, the, like we, we've, we've had discussions and it's like everybody needs a label. Everybody needs an issue. Yes. Everybody needs to, 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 to feel like if somebody stands there amongst their social circle among some of like the kids and some of our kids as well, and if they was to go, I actually, I'm all right. They would be the pariah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everyone would be like, you're privileged. Um, yeah. Check, exactly check, check, check your normality privilege. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, it, it's, it's absolutely, um, insane, but I think it is a, um, uh, basically an outcome of everybody having it rather easy, including yeah. those of my, uh, and our generations. Um, Absolutely. And, and in us as parents, we've mollycoddled the kids. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's some kids out there that have got it tough uh, and what have you. But if, if you was to take a room of a thousand people my age, the vast majority had it pretty all right. Uh, compared, if you was to do it in a generation before and then the one before that, um, yeah, I, I think it would be pretty evident um, that Possibly. Yeah. Who, who who actually had it tough. Um, yeah, and like here, like over here, the kids go out, they socialise, they they're on the bus, they they can go thirty miles in one direction or six miles either left or right. Um, so if they get lost. We're a phone call away. We're twenty minutes. We can get yeah. them if they're on the. They get the bus. I there's um, whereas back over, no way. I, I much preferred it when the kids was at home on their Xboxes um, yeah. because because of that social fabric outside and the the degradation of society. Um, yeah, even ignoring all of the COVID stuff uh, and the lockdowns, like you didn't want them out and about because of the way that society was going. Um, and it, yeah, you just feared every time that the kids was out with friends in groups because of gangs and yep. what have you. Um, so like the, when society, when, when you can't even have a dog without the fear of it being stolen, when you're walking down the street, walking your dog, that, yeah, that to me is insane. Um, yeah. That to me is something socially, something somewhere is extremely broken. Um, and it all boils down to me for the incentives, like the incentives are, are skewed. Um, and, and that all stems from the money. Um, it's the, yeah. literally the only logical conclusion that, that I can come to with it all is fix the money and realign the incentives. Um, and yeah, like, Production, productive people that provide value to others in society should be rewarded. Um, yeah. And, and that alone would help um, alleviate, like just getting back to that basic um, principle of like economics of value creation um, would solve an awful lot of problems. Whereas like it's much easier where like in gangs and you can go robbing somebody's dog and I, I see where the demand came from during the lockdowns and stuff 
um, four <laughs> dogs and puppies and everything. I, I got a puppy just before the lockdowns, um, and the worst thing that actually happened was the the attachment that she because I work from home anyway. She literally grew up across my laid across my legs, so she's massively Same. attached, which is like not good for the dog. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's uh, the the degradation of society is like horrendous, and it all boils down to the to the money yeah, and the, the incentives around money. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I got a dog. Um, when did we get the dog? So we got the dog a year before COVID, um, the Christmas before. So, I, and then we started working from home in the March, and. I've literally not left, not been able to leave him now for like two and a half years. <laughs> he's just a nightmare. He just has to be there constantly. Like it's, it's mental, but he's a boxer dog anyway. So they're prone to being sort of attached, but they're, just... they're a mastiff. Uh, boxers are still, um, I've got a Kenny Corso. Uh, All right. So, and yeah, she, she's an awesome guard dog. She's brilliant with the kids and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, attack. If, if she comes into the office, nobody can come into my office. Um, she makes sure of it. Um, but the, uh, so, but, but it's not like when, when I first left there, she left a human size hole in the wall in the plaster. Um, I could literally would have been able to step straight through it. Um, I had to get plaster her in to fix the wall. So I was like, yep, because she'd not even needed to be crate trained, um, which is my own fault. Um, yeah, but for Same. not doing that, so crate trained her, and now when we go out, she has to be in a crate because if she's uh, left to our own devices with the other dog who's much older, uh, who had been left, um, as soon as somebody comes to the door around the house, she just gets full of energy. And one, she wants to probably kill them, but two, she'll destroy a bed and stuff. Um, so I don't want 60 kilos of muscle and teeth running around picking the sofa up and throwing it around because somebody's walked past the house. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, so, yeah, she, so, so now she's crate trained um, and she's fine. Um, but, yeah, that attachment <laughs> issue uh, was nuts. <laughs> it's crazy how attaching they can be. Um, it is mad. It's yeah, crazy. I, yeah, dogs, dogs are awesome. Um, we all, I've also got, I've got two cats as well. So we literally moved over to the Isle of Man. We've got the, the five kids between myself and my partner, um, two dogs, two cats, and we've got a gerbil, uh, a hamster as well. So I live in a madhouse. Um, I come to work for a rest. I literally had to build a bank being alternative, um, to, yeah, just a new project just to get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't tell the missus that. Should take that seriously. <laughs> so, um, we've been on for like um, an hour and twenty, an hour and a half, something like that. Okay, so I always end um, sort of every podcast with the same question. It's the only like scripted bit that I have, um, but we always end it exactly the same. So, what is the one thing um, that really, really annoys, annoys you in the world about people at the moment? So, just the one thing about people, yeah. Um, the hmm, about people group think we've already discussed. Um, yeah. Uh, 
the Liverpool early form this season is poor. <laughs> um, I think, do you know what? There's um, so, something that I really struggle with is a lack of work ethic uh, or people okay. with a lack of work ethic. I literally can do 100 hours a week happily. Yeah. I probably need an extra 50 to get shit done. Um, and that, com- like, I, I appreciate and fully appreciate that not everybody will have my work ethic. My work ethic comes with trade-offs, um, like yeah. for the missus, the kids, the like, the family. Um, I literally have to work because of what I'm doing and what I'm building and the legacy that I want to leave behind in the world um, and the impact that I want to have, whether that's really egotistical or not. Like I know that that is going to take work. Um, but I, there's like, we, we've been recruiting a lot over the, the last year and, um, yeah. we're probably going to grow by probably another hundred people across the next two years as well, just here on the island. We've got an office in Dublin as well. Um, and we'll probably be opening an office in Australia. Um, okay. and call centers in France and, or France, Spain and Portugal will probably be the, like, the customer relations teams that we'll be putting down there for the languages. Um, So like, so we're recruiting a lot of people and like the recruiters. So having created a, like a startup environment, we benefit so much from having everybody under one roof. Um, Yeah. And now people are like, I want hybrid working. Like why? So I can be lazy two or three days a week. Um, Like they want two or three days, not in the office. Whereas we actually solve so much more and we're so much more productive. Like when you've got collaboration, I can walk out of my office, walk down the the bottom of the corridor and speak to the engineering team and speak to the CTO. And if I've got an idea or a problem or I want the answer to something, um, I can walk into operations. I can walk into the customer relations department. I can go and speak to people. I can speak to compliance um, and like having that under one roof. Plus also the, um, the last couple of years has shown me that human interaction is so important. I know more people that died from killing themselves, uh, died of suicide than died of COVID. Um, yeah. I know that's not the same for everybody, but that was my experience of the last couple of years. Um, and that's what I've taken from it. So having people come into the office, everybody loves it. Like we're hiring. We, we've we've declined um, really qualified and potentially quality employees based on culture fit. Um, the, like we're, we're very much like anti-woke. Um, we're not like some right wing organization. We've actually got a real diverse, um, workforce uh, and team, but that's not the be all and end all of their personalities. They're really skilled at what they do. Um, the color of their skin, their gender, their sexual orientation doesn't come into it. Um, but we've literally declined people, um, that wouldn't have been that way. Um, they they would have made that their front and center issue, and then work second. Um, yeah. So we so yeah, it's like this 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 lack of, and I think it's like they. I I, I want to know that if I've got a problem that I, or a question that I need answering, I can ask it. I don't need to call you, and it's like, hang on, I'm out walking my dog, um, yeah. or I'm out at Tesco's. It's like, mate you're supposed to be at work. Like, this is what I'm paying you for. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm really 
averse as a leader to, to having remote workers. But don't get me wrong. If you're on a project and you're doing something, you need a day at home because you've got a delivery. Cool. Go and do it. Um, but to, to basically like not want to work or to reduce your productivity for half of the working week um, or for like two, or two fifths of a week or like three fifths of a week, what have you. Um, yeah, I just can't square that. Um, and okay. like I, that get me people, people work to live, not live to work. I'm probably in that second category. Um, but if, if you're creating value, you can enjoy your job. Um, if you're actually doing something worthwhile, then yeah. you can enjoy your job. Um, uh, but it's just like this. Yeah. There's, it's almost like people are averse to actually doing some hard graft. Uh, and again, okay. it's probably a, a consequence of, um, like I say, why, why would you want to work? Um, this is me going through the mental roller coaster of trying to juggle, keep, two opposing ideas in my head at the same time. It's like, why would you want to work if you've, um, if the, the work that you're doing today is being rewarded, but it's going to be worth less tomorrow, unless you go out and consume instantly. Um, uh -huh. like, why would you want to do that? Um, the people here, we're trying to build a solution and build around the technology that solves that problem. Um, and we pay rather well um, as well. Um, we want the right people. I want them to be happy. I want them to have part of the, the business and the like, align the incentives um, to, to attract the, the best people um, and the people that are capable of doing their jobs. But yeah, the, the one thing that winds me up is probably a, a lack of work ethic. Okay. I get that. I completely get that. Let me give you, so I think it's um, okay. So we work remote. Um, so my team, I recruit um, remote consultants. We work, um, or we all work from home, but well, we all start from home. Um, if we want to build a branch in a certain area, we do that. We, we set up an office um, and we have a team in, in that area, but it works, I think, differently in different sectors. Um, recruitment is certainly something where you, do, you absolutely don't need an office. Um, and you, you can, you can literally work from home and be as good, if not better than, than if you had an office equally, you have to be the right sort of person to be able to do that. Um, so I know there's trade-offs all the way down. Um, so you might find the perfect candidate who, but they need to be managed. Um, and the way our, the, the way we work doesn't allow for that. We gen, well, it, it can allow for that, but it generally doesn't. We generally say, look, we're going to hire remote workers, um, to work across, you know, across the UK in whatever area, um, they're going to have expertise in their sector and it doesn't really matter where they work. Um, but I can see the other side as well, which is that some industries, not just industries, some businesses, um, I know some recruitment businesses that need people in offices and that works for them really well. So. I think it's really tough um, to sort of put it into a box in terms of industries, but uh, and in terms of businesses. But I think things can work on either side. But it also does really piss me off when people don't have work ethic. Um, it really gets to me, and I, I don't expect anyone to have the same drive as I do for my business. Um, you know, if I recruit someone, I don't expect Oaks recruitment then to become their life like it is mine. 
but equally I expect their work to become part of them, them, them to be really committed with, with what they're doing at that time. If they want to move on in two, three years or whatever, or whatever, that, that's fine. But I think the way I've always treated my jobs in the past is been to sort of do my best while I'm there and then try to go home and forget about it. That's, that's the way I've always treated it. And as you know, as, as, as you move into ownership and stuff, you can't go home and forget about it, but that's the price we pay. That's, that's fine. Building, um, building, building a startup or building any business is like chewing glass and staring into the abyss. I think Elon, <laughs> Elon, Elon Musk put it that way. And the, uh, uh, and, the, the chewing glass never stops. Uh, no. So it's, it is a, like building a business. And another thing that pisses me off with people is people that um, hate on business owners. Um, yeah, me too. Or they hate on people that are successful. Um, yeah, me too. It really annoys me. Um, but because they, they literally, somebody was complaining about the Steam packet on Facebook of all places. Um, so the steam packet company operate the ferries that go between the Isle of Man and Haysham and Liverpool and also, yeah. uh, Belfast and Dublin. Um, and somebody was complaining that the prices had gone up, which the price of fuel had gone up. Um, of so they put the, the fuel surcharge up. Um, and literally the, the only response that I could muster was, so if you're going to complain about the prices and you think that they're scalping everybody for profit, Go buy a ferry, go spend twenty five grand on diesel each crossing, and you outcompete them. Um, yeah, go and do it. Like, I will literally, I will literally lend you the money to buy a boat um, if 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 you can outcompete them, and you can come to me with a genuine plan that you can do it cheaper and more effectively, more efficiently. Go and win. Go and win in that market. Yeah. But yeah. not everybody is made for for building a business. Um, and yeah, business is hard. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've seen some of the crazy stuff. It's, it seems to always be pointed at Elon Musk at the minute, but around, you know, people, people just hate the fact that he's successful. And I think we've got more and more like that as a society. I look at someone like Elon Musk and think, surely that's what, I know not everyone's going to reach that level. And in fact, hardly anyone's going to reach that level of wealth or success. But I think, Surely we need people to strive to, especially in business. You know, he's, uh, he's not, not every business he's made has been successful and he's had things that he's had to overcome. And so have most successful business people, but surely we yeah. strive to be successful I, rather than see, not I, people. I don't, I, I really don't hold Elon Musk on a pedestal because of all no, the shit he did around Dogecoin uh, yeah. and crypto. Um, and also, like Tesla makes money based on government subsidies, which is yeah. mis which is misaligned incentives. Uh, what he's done with SpaceX is like remarkable. Um, so it's like, don't get me wrong, I'd love to sit down and have a dinner with him. I'd probably call him a dickhead for some things, um, and I'd be happy to say that to his face. Um, <laughs> but the and, and probably not many people have said that to him over the last decade and a half or two. Um, yeah. Um, so when people hold him like up as being like the smartest person in the room, like you can't be the smartest person in the room all of the time. No, uh, like the world just isn't that way. Uh, but yeah, Elon Musk aside, there's definitely um, people averse to others being successful, which is more, I feel more of a, like Elon Musk doesn't care if I think he's a knobhead or not. He ain't got a clue who I am. Um, 
and and that's the way that everybody should operate in life um mm. too many critics not enough credentials um yeah yeah so, yeah uh yeah <laughs> bit of a tangent but uh. <laughs> end up talking about elon musk no i think like i say i just think it's definitely a uk thing i don't know if it's a, a worldwide thing but that sort of trying to knock people down when they're doing well or trying you know people shouldn't get above their level um and that sort of yeah. thing it really yeah. Do you know I, I respect anybody that can get up in the morning and like make an honest days do an honest day yeah. and provide value to the world um yeah i yeah no and intelligence is extremely subject extremely subjective um yeah. common sense isn't very common though um yeah. but no. yeah the, like these are i i think the older i get the more humble i get um and, and the more appreciative of um others and their contributions and their wants and needs uh, and understanding yeah. that they they don't align with mine um yeah but if you want me to pay you at the end of every month you best be providing some value for that Absolutely. <laughs> Let's leave on that note. <laughs> yeah, I sound like a terrible person to work for. <laughs> Should we just what, clip that what, one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you mean you don't care about my mental health? Uh, <laughs> See, that's how it's going to be twisted. Yeah. Regularly. Deep, deep, no, deep, um, deep fake is the next. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, that's coming. The the proper deep fakes are coming. Uh, right. So, just a quick tangent. Uh, so, right. Um, the we we do video KYC. So we talk face to face to every customer when they come yeah. through the onboarding process. Um, yeah. Again, it's that trying to steer away from like that sterile, non-human interaction environment. Like talking to people is good. Um, yeah. It helps us in a whole bunch of stuff from like anti-money laundering. Um, we actually do face-to-face -face business, which reduces risk, uh, payment yeah. fraud, and a whole bunch of stuff, and safeguarding um, from like money mules and uh, like people being scammed. So we do face-to-face -face KYC, and but we're getting to a point now where even I don't know if you've seen like modern laptops compared to an old one. If they've got an NVIDIA card in them, they used to have the GTX graphics cards. But now yeah. they've got RTX cards, which are capable of real-time retracing, which is what you can use for deep fakes. And that's in consumer-grade hardware. Um, so there will be a point in time where video evidence will not stand up in court. No way. Yeah, because you can literally recreate in real time. That's uh, insane. But, but this is where the technology goes wrong now. So it's all like face on and you can tell uh, yeah. that's going to get better but yeah, cool. um if you turn your head to the side they can't do that yet very well yeah, you can tell uh eventually yeah so you'll be uh hillary clinton and uh, not hillary clinton george uh, what's his name bill clinton will be able to stand up in court and go no that girl did not have a head between my legs um <laughs> It's fake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's on video. Um, yeah. in, in a court of law, like we will get there eventually. Um, so that's insane. I don't know if that's worrying or not. I, I mean, we're, I, still, I we're still some time away. Um, 
and to be fair, the criminals will use it first. Um, yeah, as always. Yeah, the criminals or the government will use it first. Um, so thing. it'll be <laughs> yeah, tax, <laughs> taxation is theft. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like consumer grade hardware is getting there with uh, like for deep fakes uh, and stuff like that. So it, that's pretty scary. To be fair, that is pretty scary. As soon as we enter that world of, uh, did you watch, do you listen to Joe Rogan? Sometimes I try, so there's like a million and one Bitcoin podcasts. I try yeah. not, I try to listen to like stuff outside of Bitcoin these days. Um, yeah. I just feel there's, there's much more to learn, um, yeah. certainly on like business related uh, podcasts uh, and stuff like that. So, um, so okay, so not Joe listened for a while since he made the move to Spotify. I think okay. everybody, everybody's doing long-form content now like we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to fit a regular podcast into – yeah, yeah. Um, I, I literally only listen – I listen to a podcast when I walk the dog. Um, so it's just – it's like a sort of an, an hour I'll listen to and then I'll come back listen to the next hour or whatever. But he had Mark Zuckerberg on um, last week and – it really is scary, the the sort of the, – because he's looking at, like, 30 years rather than 5, 10 years. I know Elon Musk is sort of looking at 10 years and then also, like, 50 years on some of his projects. But Mark Zuckerberg's sort of saying, look, we want to we wanna perfect um, this over 30 years. Um, we'll have – you know, incrementally we'll release stuff over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, but we want it to get to the pinnacle in 30 years. Um, and it's all about the, you know, the meta stuff. Um, That's all bullshit. Right. So I don't know if you, so literally name something outside of Facebook's core advertising business that yeah. they've actually built and been successful at. Okay. Um, well, I can't. They didn't, because they, they bought they Instagram. Yep. Instagram was a great acquisition, and they bought WhatsApp. Um, okay, but that's sort of the point. That's <laughs> so, so. Yeah, anything he said about what he's building um, outside. Surely someone's going to do that. So, that so met, right. So, if 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 there was a space for the metaverse, it so. Did you ever play Second Life? No, no. It's the metaverse, mate. About ten years earlier, um, they'd have just improved the second life. Like, do do you want to sit inside with some VR goggles on, or do you want to go and meet your mate in the pub? Well, no, I yeah, I, I agree. Right. Um, it, it's bullshit, and it's and it's this whole crypto sales. But if it lot. becomes sort of ingrid, so look at we've got kids now that don't go out and play football; they'd rather play FIFA. Surely. Yeah that's going to continue in a sense of if we have a metaverse that feels even fairly realistic. But, but it, but it does, it'll never feel it's all in your eyes and it's, it's all visual and audio. It's like there, it, there's so many senses that aren't being stimulated. Yeah. Like, they've, yeah, tried, yeah. they've tried, they've tried 4d cinemas and stuff. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing will ever take away that you can't devolve humans um, to lose real senses and like artificial stimuli. No, um, 
no. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's basically Second Life reinvented by Facebook and Facebook's um, I hope you're right. rec- record on building shit beyond the initial Facebook and the advertising models is yeah, isn't good. a massive failure. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't take the metaverse too seriously. I, I used Second Life to buy Bitcoin using um, uh, PayPal in like 2012. Like Second Life existed. <laughs> it will devolve into sex games. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, First that, 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 yeah the porn built the modern internet. The or porn built yeah. the modern internet. Yeah. So it's um that's what it'll devolve into. Um and I'm not overly worried about it. Do you know what? I'm happy for Good. half the world to stay inside and stay off the roads and leave them empty. They can be in the metaverse. I'll I'll <laughs> yeah. go and yeah. drive the roads and yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, that's fine. It worries me, but I'm glad that you're you're not as worried as me. Nah, not at all. <laughs> Good. You, you well, have to put them on a you have to put them on a stage and start talking to them about like the the economic side and like the because they tried to do the whole crypto thing with the metaverse and like they they just don't understand the whole Bitcoin crypto thing yet. So it's like. I don't have much faith in them for much beyond that. These companies are, I mean, I don't know if they've done it yet, but they'll start releasing their own coins and shit, won't they? Sure. Uh, I mean, fa- 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 but it's retarded. Um, yeah. Like it's completely missing the point. Like yeah. why would you have your own? It's not a de- what, what do you gain other than issuing your own currency, which is great if you're the issuer. Like, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you've got enough suckers to buy it, but what's the difference between that and the British government with the pound? Um, yeah. But this time you've just got a private enterprise issuing this private currency. It's centralized. It's completely different to Bitcoin. It can be shut down um, yeah. because um, the Facebook tried to do it with, um, I forgot what the, the, they was trying to have like a basket of international currencies backed by this digital um yeah it's garbage um, you've had football just, teams doing it well like, it's, yeah it's it's retarded honestly yeah, it's the most right. stupid pointless they're they're unregistered securities um that's all they are at best yeah. um they, they don't hold no economic value um and they're yeah they're centralized pieces of shit um I've never bought Very, any of those. <laughs> I'm just saying I've seen them. <laughs> is it you're an is it you're an Arsenal fan? Yes, um, mate. Yeah. Top of the league. It's your year. It's definitely not, but <laughs> top four will do. I, I you know, it's, I, right. I just want to get back to Champions League football. I'm not even. Someone asked me yesterday who would play in the Europa League, and I'm like, I, I, like I care about the Europa League. I really don't. I don't know. That's not a good way of looking at it, but I really don't. If you, care win, about if it. you win the Europa League, you get in the Champions League. Yeah, but that's the thing. I just want to get the Champions League. But what, whatever way we do it, I'd rather do it via the league. Um, I, just, I remember I when Arsenal used to be happy with winning in the league and or winning a cup. We still got a good record in the FA Cup. We might win the FA Cup again. Um, still got a good record in that. But I, I don't know. I think City have just moved the game so far, and Liverpool obviously as well. Um, I know they've had a slow start, but it's not obviously it's not going to last. 
It's like, just we've got about two hundred people out essential material. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not. It's you know, it's not a long term thing. But I mean, Tottenham. I mean, they've as much as I hate Tottenham, they've got a really good manager. I, I, I don't think they've got the best side in the world, but the the manager's a serial winner, so they'll be up there. Um, we just need to make sure Chelsea and Man United stay off it. But that that result yesterday. Oh, we've uh, United. Yeah, let's. They'll, they'll drop off. I don't think they're good enough. Like we was absolute <sighs> garbage against United. That's the worst I've seen us play in years. And United weren't that great. I, I really don't think they're they're something special. Um, they were poor against us, and they beat us three one. But that's sort of what worries me because the the winning games and the playing shit. Um, uh, if it clicks. But- but I don't think it'll click. Like, it, I hope not. They'll have one or two bad. Uh, they'll have one or two bad results, and then the it happened last season. They started off pretty well. Um, I know they started off not too great this year, um, but they they started off pretty well, and then as soon as they got beat, yeah, and they got beat well. I think it was actually us that Liverpool that beat them, um, and uh, we just absolutely tore them apart. I think it was like four five nil. Um, and then every, it was just downhill from there um, yeah. because they haven't got the, the mental strength to to pull themselves through it. Chelsea are leaders. Yeah. No, yeah. Chelsea are weird because they've spent a lot of money. Isn't it the record in one window that they've spent or something? For I the don't League? Apparently. To be honest with you, I literally watch football to, to relieve stress. Um, it's two hours or four hours a week in this office where nothing else matters. I watch the game. I literally, I can feel my cortisol levels because I internalize a lot of stress. My cortisol levels drop after watching a football game because yeah. it's real monkey brain behavior. Um, and yeah, I'm... Is that even um, if you get beat? Oh, I forget beat, yeah. Uh, to be fair, I normally, I can put the result out of my head. I can deal with the the emotional roller coaster of a game, even if we get beat. Apart from the United game when we lost, I was absolutely fuming, laid in bed. It was on a Monday night at like 10 o'clock. I was laid in bed at, and I was just raging. I was like, that is shit. Um, <laughs> and I've not felt like that for a long time um, where where a game has affected my mood outside of like the two two and a half hours. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that one. So yeah, I use football as a stress relief, and that even so, my CTO is like really smart guy, um, really intelligent, real big like deep thinker. Um, I was like, mate, you have to understand that I have to watch the game. Do not interrupt me while the game's on because I'll probably turn into a raging psychopath. Um, <laughs> you, you might think somebody's possessed me during the game, um, but. It's for my own good. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like expressing stress into others or onto others. No. If they can't no. solve the problem, like it's not their issue. Um, it's, it's my issue to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I monkey brain for two hours or four hours a week when the Champions League's on or whatever. Um, keeps, keeps, me, keeps me level. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I get that. I I don't tend to carry results into 
into sort of my day-to-day life, if you know what I mean. I, it tends to be put aside. What I hate I, is when... I used to. I used to. Yeah. I do with England. Um, oh, no, I, I couldn't do. care less about England. Oh, really? Yeah, God, no. I watch the World Cup when it's on, but I'd rather watch decent football at a World Cup. Um, <sighs> I, I, I as get a, as a, as a, uh, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the Liverpool connection, like the Scouse, not English. Yeah. Even though I'm yeah. not Scouse. Um, yeah. There's, but, honestly, there's, there's so many pictures of me from uh, from the last tournament just crying. <laughs> <laughs> Out in pubs. Honestly, seriously, just crying all the time. Did you cry after the final? Of course I cried. I was crying from the third minute, I think. <laughs> I was crying all the way through. I can't. It's the only wow. time I cry. Literally the only time I cry. There's something wrong with me. I'm sure there's some something hidden, but <laughs> but literally, we. So if you remember, uh, which um, so it wasn't this tournament just gone. It was the one before when we beat Colombia. Was it on penalties? Um, the, the first penalty shootout they'd won in about two decades. Mate, I was a joke. I didn't stop crying for about three days. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I'd literally, I'd be driving to work, and uh, my little boy's obsessed with the song Three Lions. He is now, but I'd be driving to work and three lines would come on and I'd start crying again. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds like a real problem that you need to get sorted. But no, yeah. for me, like I, I've been spoiled watching Liverpool for the last few years and we play, for the most part, entertaining yeah. heavy metal football. Like, yeah. it's a gung joy ho. to watch. Even, even if it yeah. doesn't, it's not gung-ho, but... Can be. Like... No, it's just at you. Um, yeah. High speed, high intensity. Um, I enjoy watching that. It's on your edge seat, of, like on the edge of the seat. It's a joy to watch. I, if 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 I was a neutral, I'd enjoy watching Liverpool play. Like I, yeah. and for different reasons, like I used to enjoy watching Barca play when yeah. Pep yeah. was there. Like that, that was like just mastery of the game. Um, yeah. Watching England just bores the life out of me um yeah i but i see how they're successful and why they're successful but as an entertaining spectacle no i don't think i enjoy watching it i'm just fraught the whole time i'm just constantly fraught i've got no emotional buy into it like it would have been nice if they'd have won the final like it would have been good for the country it would have made the country feel good i can get that but I just don't emotionally buy into it like I do with Liverpool yeah. for some reason. Yeah. The monkey yeah. brain doesn't kick in. Are you, are, you, are you interested in women's football? No, it's crap. Sexist. Sexist. You're not allowed to say that. I got called well, out. Do you, know, like, do you know My daughter plays football. Um, yeah. And, like, it's, it's okay f- but don't exp- like, hmm. like all the all the all the, all the cries for like equal pay for like women's footballers is just an absolute it doesn't work. Like that. No, yeah, like, that's, right. that's 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 ignoring economics. Um, exactly, one million percent. And, that's my whole point. And, and the same for like the WNBA and stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. So like, and this the, the woke people won't like it, but men are stronger, faster, more physical than women. Um, because yeah. men were the okay. hunter gatherers, um, like throughout yep. evolution, um, like throughout evolutionary history, like 
the male species has done that. So we're stronger. Yeah. Right. Um, and the the and it's like the argument when they say, "Oh, a nurse should earn like what a Premier League footballer is." Yeah, like, I don't, honestly, it's I don't, like I don't. when 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 a nurse can stick it top bin from thirty five yards in front of a billion people around the world um, and provide that level of entertainment. Economically, she should be um, rewarded the same as the the entertainer. Um, but it's, because the yeah. the way that the incentives are skewed, like you couldn't pay every nurse two hundred grand a week. Well, if you if you did, there would be like rampant inflation beyond yeah. what we're getting now. Um, it just and I don't think work. anyone disagrees that they're doing a more important job sort of yeah you know, absolutely brain surgeons nurses whatever oh, of yeah, course the brain surgeons important. aren't skin <laughs> no yeah true no, 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 no. <laughs> but of, of course they're doing a more important job but it's the mm. whole it's the value isn't it you, you they yeah, bring the monetary in. value yeah 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 it's crazy and, it's like what i got called out for I didn't watch the women's, um, was it the Euros or World Cup? What, yeah, I did. Uh, I, the, the, the Euros. I didn't watch the final. Um, I was like, I could watch under-15s boys football of probably a better quality, like, of so, football. As, as a neutral supporter, like, putting country affiliations aside, it was amazing what they've done for women's football and the, the people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, the girls that they've inspired um to go and play my daughter played anyway um and i absolutely support that but don't Massive. make me sit here and say something that isn't true like no. women's football from a quality of the game perspective um is much poorer than even boys football i think the world champions got beat by an under 14 boys team or under 15s boys team the us women um wasn't it 7-0 something like that yeah. So, and I'm, I said at the time, like, what an achievement! Like, they, yeah. they obviously they are the, the best in the was it the Euros or Euros? Yeah, Euros. Euros. So the best in Europe. What an achievement! Like, you, that's you know, great. Congratulations. Obviously, I didn't want them to lose, but yeah. like, it's the the whole thing of oh, I'm not watching it. Well, you must be sexist then. What? And then the memes after as well. The memes that were like. Um, if you know, if a bloke can't do it, just send a woman in or whatever, and all that stuff. I'm like, why are you still talking about men? Like, the women yeah. have just won the euro. Surely, just enjoy it. Like, what is going yeah. on? I got so much stick for. for but again, not being... that, that 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 goes back to that. You, you've got one side, and then you've like that's one extreme. Like, if women, if men can't do it, send the the women in. Like, the the like the messaging from that without being outraged, <laughs> like, and and gives space for somebody on the complete opposite end of that spectrum and it's that, that whole andrew tate stuff yeah um, it's yeah yeah it's just toxic <laughs> absolutely <laughs> we, we right. get called toxic bitcoiners uh, do you really yeah because we're maximalists uh, so we're toxic maximalists right. because we don't stand for any of the bullshit that is crypto so we're toxic Right. Okay. Because we won't. We 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 call it out when we see bullshit and scams. Yeah, you see it how you believe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is how it should be. Yeah. So, Truth done a bit of a... in the end. Right, we've done we've done a tangent, but we've been on for sort of two <laughs> hours. So <laughs> so we've. Uh, I'm going to leave you. Cut that up. But yeah, I will do, mate. Thank you for thank you for being on. Um, and no I'll, worries, uh, mate. I'll, 
following you and sharing your stuff on LinkedIn and uh, good luck with the, the little project. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure we'll speak soon, mate. And good luck for Liverpool as well this season. I think we'll need it. <laughs> yeah, transition. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, you could put a run together, you'll be fine. But yeah, oh, thank yeah. you for that, mate. I'll um awesome. I'll I'll uh, I'll speak to you soon, yeah? Yep, cheers, Brent. Cheers, man. See you mate.